and welcome to episode one of the brand new Red Ink Writers podcast. My name is Samit Aachen and I am a designer, illustrator and a newbie writer working hard on my very first epic fantasy series of Two Realms. And my name is Sandy Butchers. I am the author and illustrator of the Singularian Grimoire anthologies on Patreon and currently in the query trenches with one of my full novel manuscripts. I'm super excited to bring you this podcast by writers for writers. And my name is Lydia Stevens, author of the Ginger Davenport Escapades. I'm a developmental editor with creative content critiquing and consulting and a former literary agency intern at CMA Lit. I also worked as an acquisitions assistant with Anthem Press. This episode, we have a wonderful lineup of hot topics within the writing community. Today is all about who we are and what we do, and we will spend some time answering the questions that followed our Twitter poll earlier this week. This means we will be talking about how to write that dreaded synopsis and the do's and don'ts of query letter writing. Today's episode is brought to you by us, because we don't have any sponsors yet. However, if you do want to sponsor one of our next episodes, please reach out. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Red Ink Writers. This is it, our very first episode, and it's been quite a ride to get this whole thing out there. Earlier this week, we started with the Twitter promotion, and there was one burning question from our followers. What is Red Ink? Red ink is something that has been on our minds for a while. In fact, I think it started when you, Lydia, said something like, I've got this. And then I added, uh, but you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, so how this usually goes when one of us makes a joke is that we start to use that line more and more often to a point where we kind of decided that it should be our motto as writers. I think that really sort of plays into the whole, you know, um, hobby, profession, or something like that. As a writer, though, it's you sit down at the computer and you have an idea, but you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And then you just go with it until you have this manuscript where you think to yourself, hey, maybe I can actually put this out into the industry. And yeah, so that's how, that's how the whole motto and the idea formed, I think, was that critique session. Yeah, and I remember I, I made exactly the same joke to Sam and then she texted me uh, saying, oh, we should do a podcast on this. Yeah, I remember that. And I, I actually do think that this that kind of snowballed because I was in that, that phase where I had no idea how I was going to get all the world building for my fantasy series. And I started kind of going down a rabbit hole and I didn't know how to fix stuff. And we're kind of like, you got this, but don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that was a general vibe. We were all doing stuff and we just didn't know yeah. what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and now here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, yeah, yeah. We still don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> but we're doing it. <laughs> so when we say that this podcast is by writers for writers, we completely mean that because we're all each at a different stage in our careers. And I think that... Um, having something to be able to bring to the writing community where we can relate to everybody and everybody can maybe relate to us and the journey, the writing journey that we're on because none of us know what the fuck we're doing. We just sit down and we do it. I mean, that's just the definition of being a writer. Yeah, and I'd, I'd also like to, because that was kind of, it was a joke when I said to someone, maybe we should do a podcast because I mean, everybody and their moms has got a podcast these days. 
Um, but it's kind of a joke. And then we started talking about it seriously and we realized that, yeah, of course, there's so many writing podcasts already and everyone is kind of already doing some of these topics. But I thought the, um, the mix of the three of us and the different stages within the writing journey that each of us are made for a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, I agree. I think that's also, I mean, all those podcasts that are out there now, like most people do something to just tell about themselves uh, and maybe even for themselves. And I think what we what we want to do with this podcast is actually bring it out there for other people. Like we, we three of us together, you know, we actually know quite a lot. I mean, uh, Lydia is familiar with the whole publishing industry uh, from the agent's uh, um, point of view. Uh, Sam and I, you are, you are writing and we are both illustrating and we are... Uh, you know, we, we are in there from a completely different perspective and I think sharing this for other people uh, is, is kind of what, what, you know, puts us out there. I, I completely agree with that. I remember having the conversation after Sandy had spoken with you about the podcast and, and she said, you know, Sam had, you know, wants to do a podcast and it's something that through the years of my career, I've always wanted to be able to do something to, um, bring something back to the writing community and share my expertise and help other writers. And I remember thinking, you know, I wouldn't know how to set up a podcast. I'm not great with the tech stuff. Uh, I'm not great with the graphics, but then you bring in your expertise with the graphics and the audio recording and the, you know, being able to do all that stuff. And I think collectively we can bring something that, you know, when we put this all together and when, when we put this out here for, for the community, that it will work and we can share our collective knowledge. So I'm really excited about that because it's something that I wasn't sure I'd ever be able to get this kind of an endeavor off the ground. And yet here we are doing it and I'm super excited for it. Yeah, and I'm also thinking back now, like where did where did we even get the red ink? I, it, it had a meaning. <laughs> red editing. We, we're a critique group and so we sit there and we, you know, we go over each other's work and we bounce ideas off each other and we're so organic and genuine that if it's something that doesn't work, we're just like, no, fuck this. <laughs> that whole idea. I remember I literally had pages just with red, red ink everywhere. So I think it's, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fitting to have red ink as the name of the podcast because we are looking into the whole editing and into the writing and yes we are going to meet that red pen uh, at a certain point and just i don't know cross out everything that sucks so yeah <laughs> sam had a great sam had a great uh, uh, metaphor i think as well um blood sweat and tears because as writers who don't know what the fuck we're doing we do put the blood the sweat and the tears and i love our our logo for reading is the yep. little red splash you splotch in it could either be the red ink or it could be, you know, the writer's blood making yeah. gore. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Sam, I, um, uh, as a little present uh, a while ago, I gave you one of those, uh, those uh, thermo mugs with the, with the yeah. recipe for, <laughs> I don't know, was it the recipe for success or something? And it had like uh, the blood of an author and <laughs> uh, two yeah. cups of author's tears and everything. <laughs> I don't know, I don't even remember what was on it, but we have the same mug now. And, and just thinking back of red ink and that mug, even that matches. <laughs> yes, yes, it matches to a T. And, you know, at, at one point I was like, this has so many different um, aspects because red ink, 
like you both previously mentioned by crossing something out but even for me as someone who is more into the romancy smutty books i was like well reddick could kind of be romantic so it, it kind of fits all of us even as the kind of writers that we are so and you know, even, yeah reddick writers just works and even as illustrators we all had the the period of time where, where we use uh, um pens and they would, would leak their ink and you would have like a colored hand and you know it ended up being red or blue or whatever color ink you were using so even there in the illustration part of what we do <laughs> this comes back yeah yeah 100% i agree with you and you know for, as someone who's in a design world usually when you build a brand uh, the name of the brand is something that you brainstorm to death and you got to check everywhere whether or not it's been taken and what kind of associations that you did and just reading writers there it was didn't need to think about it <laughs> didn't do any of those things but it worked and it's perfect Yeah. So, and I would definitely say I love the fact that red ink can mean something different for each one of us even though yeah. there's a general idea behind what the meaning is for a writing podcast um everyone can relate to that and kind of bring their own experience in the writing um process to that brand and that logo so that's what I I think I love most about it is how diverse and fluid it can be Yeah, and I think that actually you touched up on uh, upon something very valuable there, Lydia, because we are very different types of writers, um, even in the kind of process that either of us go through. Absolutely. Besides where we are within our careers, um, and still everything about what we're doing, from our motto to our logo and a brand, it all kind of fits us. But I think it will fit. a lot of different writers at different stages of their journey as well. So what I'm kind of hoping with this podcast is that everyone, every kind of writer can find a home by listening to this podcast, not just the ones like me who are just starting out, but also the established authors and everyone in between from self-publishing to traditional publishing. I kind of hope they all uh, build tune in and feel at home. Yeah. Well said. Yes. Definitely and very beautifully said. So, I'm going to take this back to the I don't know what the fuck I'm doing part of our motto and lighten mm. it up because that was so eloquent. And I came up with the best analogy um last night when I was thinking about this podcast and it was writers are a lot like the trash bag on the side of the road. <laughs> and you never know what the fuck is going to be in the bag. Is it going to be a complete set of china dishes from grandma that are worth, you know, $5,000? Is it going to be <laughs> cut up body parts? None of us know what when we sit down to write, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. And it's that, you know, that bag on the side of the road. And so we all find something within this writing journey or bring something to this writing journey that's just either complete garbage or absolute <laughs> And I'm having this Bilbo Baggins moment. Well, all of them at once, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I like the analogy with the, the trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> We should order different t-shirts, guys. We should order trash bags. <laughs> If you want to open up that bag on the side of the road, oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Let's do it. So. Yeah, but even even as 
Um, I, I think that's as someone who is very heavily into plotting, uh, I still don't know what I'm doing. Because <laughs> even though I've plotted everything to death, I still don't know what I'm doing every time I start writing. And uh, that's, I think that's that might actually also be the most rewarding thing about writing in and of itself is even though you you planned it all out once your fingers hit that keyboard it takes a life of its own and you're along for the ride whether or not you're a plotter a planter or a pantser or new or have written 50 or 100 books damn if you've written 100 books you're insane by the way so <laughs> i think the journey for everybody is is going to be different and we all get that that feeling as writers when we sit down to the page and you know we start to write and that means something different to everyone but at the same time everyone can relate to that feeling so i think that's um kind of where this where this podcast is going in terms of you know and we will be discussing in future podcasts casting versus plotting and um yeah. You know yeah. the process of the writing and, and I'm definitely very excited to get into that because that is my expertise to be able to bring to this but um, I think in terms of relating to our listeners um, I hope that when when they come away from this first podcast that's the message that we're bringing to you our listeners this week's Twitter poll asked what subject they were most eager to hear about we gave three choices the query letter, the synopsis, or how to plot. And we had a pretty clear favorite. So Twitter has spoken, and the question coming from the community was, how do I write a synopsis? For today, we're each going to give you an explanation of how we write a synopsis, but we will dedicate a separate, entire podcast on the mechanics of writing a synopsis and provide the how-to step-by-step of the process. Wow, how do I write a synopsis? Uh, what? <laughs> Uh, I would probably start uh, by going down a Google or YouTube rabbit hole and read as many as examples as I can before I would start writing mine. Um, I find that I personally need the visual confirmation of what others have done before me. Um, for me that works. Um, I mean, when I first started out as a critique partner for Sandy, I had absolutely no idea what all these terms meant. Like, when do you even need to write a synopsis? And, and how is that any different from what you write as a book blurb or a query summary? And all these things are different. And I mean, these are kind of, these are also the things that you have to familiarize yourself with when you, um, not just so much when you stop writing, but when you start writing as a career or when you really want to publish something um, but for as far as I know for writing a synopsis um, as opposed to writing a book blurb or a career summary is that you actually have to give away the ending and you need to spoil everything um, don't mistake it for the blurb in uh, in which the idea is to make people thirsty for your stories without giving them any spoilers and I thought that that was the hardest thing to do by writing a synopsis is that you literally just write out your entire book 
and that felt so counterintuitive <laughs> from everything you do when you kind of start writing because you want to lure people in and now you're kind of just putting everything out there. I think uh, in response to the way Sam would write a synopsis, she's got a great um, idea and and process to be able to do that. Um, you know, she talks about critique partners and having to know the difference between a book blurb and a query summary and a synopsis. And how Red Ink Writers formed was through our critique group. So I'd like to reiterate the importance of that. And she would go look for something on YouTube or um, Google in terms of finding an example of what somebody else had done before her. So I would really say, you know, bringing your synopsis to your critique partners and saying, hey, can you take a look at this? Because when you have somebody else read your work, they will often see things yeah. that yeah. And, and, you know, they can say, hey, what did you mean by this portion of your, synop your synopsis? That doesn't really make sense in terms of what the story is. So that's a great idea is to, to go find other examples of what a synopsis is. I think in general, critique partners are so essential. Like we could even fill uh, an entire episode with the CPs and you know um, what they do. And I think we actually have that um, on the episode guide as well. So um, we'll get to that uh, more extensively later on. Um, I also think though, uh, what Sam said, there is so much you have to keep in mind um, uh, when you write a synopsis and also um, the fact that you just wrote an entire book and you have to write it down in like five or 600 words. I remember I said it to you once, Lydia, if I could have written this book in 600 words, I would have. Um, and yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's the thing. I mean, in one way, every writer is just lazy. If you could have done it with fewer words, <laughs> um, you, you would have done it. And then there is someone telling you that you need to summarize this uh, 90,000 words into six to 700 words. And you're like, okay, so where am I going to start? Um, so yeah, I mean, the only way to get, to get it to get a start with this is to, you know, get started and write it. Um, but critique partners are essential in that because they are the link between what you, you know, the connections that you make in your mind um, and the connections that other people don't have. I would agree. I could add to that, Sandy, that, um, you know, if you can write a story in five or 600 words, I'm pretty sure that's defined as flash fiction. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I can even, I, oh man, I started this whole, this whole writing thing, for me, started with Drabbles, and that was 100 word stories, 100 words. And you had to have a full introduction, a middle part, and an ending with 100 words. And I was like, okay, so how can you even do this? And it, actually, it's, it's kind of fun, because there is a mechanic in there, and the mechanic is the same. And if you, if you understand how it works, you can, just, you can write any story in 100 words or 600 words if you have to. So actually, Drabbling might be a very good tip for people who struggle with writing a synopsis. Now that I think of it. <laughs> However, dear listeners, please remember that flash fiction is not a synopsis. There, there are yes. similarities. Like, yes, so we should make that very clear. Yes. It is not the same thing. But I heard someone say, "Yeah, you could write a story in a hundred words," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's a it's a puzzle, and it's just it's writing on a whole different level. I I don't know how to do this. But that's the thing, you will know how, if you do it a couple of times, you, you really, you discover that it's a sort of puzzle. You are playing with words rather than just writing them down because you, you're going to have to count and you're going to see like, uh, where do I cut words that I don't need? Because you always end up having too many words. 
Um, and actually, it's, it's just such a good way to be so aware of what you are writing. It's just to drabble or write, you know, flash fiction or, or anything that has just a couple of hundred words. You know, actually, that's kind of what I do when I write my synopsis. I uh, kind of summarize um, every chapter into one line, just one single line that captures the essence of what's happening in that specific chapter. And then, well, usually I end up having anything between 20 or 40 chapters in, in my novels. Um, so I end up with having 20 to 40 lines or sentences um, that will tell me what the essence of the story is. So, you know, if, if I have to write a synopsis, that's basically how I do it. I, I summarize every chapter, I put all the lines um, underneath each other, and then I actually take out the whole uh, GMC model, so the goal uh, motivation conflict, and then I start. I use that to connect all the lines uh, together, and then I break them up into little paragraphs. So, yeah. Oh man, I can I can talk about this for like hours, I guess. But yeah, if if I would have to make that really short and just give you a glimpse of how I do it, I, I think that's kind so, of it. So how would you? Um... Because you said, you know, I maybe have like 20 chapters, but what if you have a book that has like 40 chapters? Do you kind of just weave together and then cut lines or...? No, it depends entirely because um, usually a synopsis should be either one page or a two page synopsis depending also on what the, the agent uh, wants to have. Mm -hmm. um, so if it's one page, yeah, I, I start um, cutting things out and, and I really have to... Um, I really have to keep a sharp eye on, is this essential to the main plot? I, I, you have to cut out all the subplots. You have to just focus on the one important storyline uh, of that particular novel. And you can't put in all the, the side characters and all the side quests that are going on. You just have, you have to focus. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the more space you have, the more of that you can put in there. Um, and But it also goes the other way around. Like if I only have one page, I need to cut it down until I have it, you know, on one page. I think that's a really great way uh, to do that process and as you were describing your process I, I had two thoughts that came. One was that you're sort of stringing um, your your synopsis along with the plot points yeah. and then um, so I visualized kind of like a rope with knots and you're tying it all together yeah. and then the other thought that I had is you're essentially plotting your story after you've written it. Yeah, backwards. So, where Sam plots a story um, and maybe maybe this would be helpful to her in in you know um, pulling what she needs into a synopsis. But um, she plots a story before she writes it, and then she sits down and she writes it. You are um, taking that plot and putting it into the synopsis. So it's they're very similar things. Um, I'm sure that there's so, more to Sam's plot um, than just a one-page synopsis, but. Yeah. Essentially, when when you really break it all down, it they're very they're very similar. <laughs> I kind of feel like I, I wrote a story and then afterwards in my synopsis I go back and see what I've actually written. <laughs> oh, that's what it's about. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you're so <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> but that's actually, Lydia, you make a very valid point that if you plot your novel, so for anyone who, for instance, uses. Um, uh, beat sheets like Save the Cat, for instance, you've kind of pretty much already made a synopsis because you've been plotting your novel, which is essentially the the essential points or the essential blocks that you need for your synopsis. You just have to make sure that those 
are actually still like Sandra said the essential things because I also plot the chapters that may not be so essential to the plot but are very essential to the character arc um, which I find very interesting because would you put more plot or more character arc in a synopsis? Well I think that leads into how I write a synopsis so I'm going to touch on that a little bit. I write a synopsis like I write a grocery list. I take the story and character from point A to B to C. So you have a little bit of both. You need to have a little plot and character. Mm -hmm. And you leave out any unnecessary information like the emotions of the characters or the motivations and you just stick to the facts of the plot points. So when I go to the grocery store, I know I need potatoes. I don't need to write on my list that I love potatoes. I already <laughs> know there's a reason I want to buy them. So that's your motivation. So an agent does not need to know why the character went from um, the West Coast to the East Coast, just that they did it. So a, not, a synopsis should only be one to two pages long. So stick to the facts, the essential plot elements, which tell what the story is about and what your character is doing. This is the one time the one time you can break the show, don't tell rule, and tell us what is going on, what the story is, what the plot is, what the character's doing, rather than show it. Oh, that feels so counterintuitive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so counterintuitive. Yeah. If you break a rule, you break it once, and this is that rule, and this is the only time you can break that rule, because if you try to break this rule in your manuscript, we're going to get you. That's the thing, we're all traumatized of, you know, teachers with rulers beating our hands when we start doing the show, don't tell. We don't dare to do that anymore. <laughs> and now you're telling us we should? Wow. <laughs> yes. In your synopsis, only. Yeah. Perfect. Only yes. I would say that the show, don't tell rule also, but we can do an entire episode about that as well, show, don't tell, because there are people who are completely 100% don't ever tell people what you're doing in your book. But there are just some things that you do tell because they're not interesting. Uh, or you just, a character goes from A to B and you just have to tell that they're doing that because then you can get to the show A. So it has several levels, I think. <laughs> but we can do yeah. an entire podcast. Yeah. You get into action in terms of um telling the actions of what they're doing so yes you're right we can do an entire episode mm -hmm. on show don't tell sure. and we'll do that since since we're kind of going a little little off topic here we will yeah. we will bring that to you listeners because it seems to be a really big one i do like the grocery list the the i need potatoes but i don't need to tell you why i'm gonna get potatoes just i love them yeah, that's why they're here. Everyone loves potatoes. Yeah, I love that analogy. Well, not everybody, but I feel like everybody should love potatoes. But that's just me. I don't know. It depends if they're potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think if you bring if you bring back the whole um, red ink um, aspect to the synopsis, it's the same kind of idea that we've been going with of you know. Red ink, the stuff that you don't need in your synopsis, um, so that it keeps it really clean and concise, and um, an agent or an editor can read it, or even, you know, Sam um, 
if, if you don't want to bring your manuscript to an agent or an editor, I know that we've discussed self-publishing and mm -hmm. again, that's another whole episode, self-publishing versus traditional publishing and none of us are for or against or we understand and respect both methods of publishing. So um, it's important even self-publishing to maybe write out a synopsis so that when you're talking to your readers and you're putting your book out there, and someone asks you, hey, what's your story about? You've got it right there. You can That's a that's such a writer meme as well. What is your story about? And writers go like, oh fuck. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like what's the best way to make a writer shut up is ask them what their story yeah. is about. <laughs> well, I can't just tell you my entire book because oh, fucking quiet. But yeah. <laughs> also here's my brain. Have a look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wonderful. Yes. Oh. But that's a good point because I didn't realize that as for that 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 you would need a synopsis if you would choose to self-publish because usually those things are um, uh, materials you'll send to an agent or they are. Yes, I agree with that. I would also say that as a self-published author, if you're doing conventions or, mm. um, you know, uh, read, uh, reading, writing groups or, or um, you know, um, conferences or something like that, and you, you sign up to be able to come sit with a table at a, conf at a conference um, and you're selling your books, um, you know, I've done this before, and then if people walk up to your table, they want to know what your book is about, and they might read the back of it, but I often find that people would ask me, they would ask me directly. So being able to talk about the book is just as essential as that back cover blurb. So that's why it's really great to have kind of your synopsis written out and to really know what your plot points are for your book. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of the Red Ink Writers Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it, so please let us know your thoughts. Also, we would like to point out that there will be a new listeners poll on Twitter, so do give us a follow there, at Red Ink Writers. We hope to see you again on the next episode when we discuss critique partners, friends or foes. And remember, you've got this, even if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs>